Hello, and thank you guys so much for joining us for The Sassnack Files. This is a podcast about the show Outlander on Stars. I am Chelsea from the lovely Midwest of the United States. And I am Rebecca from the West Coast of the United States. Separated by three hours and thousands of miles to bring you nonstop entertainment, everything Outlander. Hope that sounds great to you guys. Sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me as well. So a little bit about us. Like I said, I'm Chelsea and my lovely friend Rebecca is on the other end of this conversation. How did we meet, Rebecca? Why don't you tell everybody how we met? So we met on this thing called Facebook. I wonder if you've heard of it. (laughs) And um, we actually met through a Facebook group that was created by another Outlander podcast. It is called Outlander Cast by Mary and Blake. And we actually met through their group. We just kind of started talking in the comments and then randomly just started PMing, which was kind of interesting. I never know how these conversations start. I'm just like, we've just been talking forever. I don't know how this even happened. (laughs) Yeah. So we met through another Outlander podcast and here we are making our own, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. We just kind of decided, hey, look, uh, the inevitability of it is that these books came out in the early 90s, which is you know, when we were very, very young, I wasn't actually even born yet when the books yeah. started to come out. So yeah. we come to the series very late in the making of all of this. Um, yeah, I was like two when the first book came out. So I was still a baby when she was probably writing it. So my parents funny. weren't even married when these books came out, folks. That's, <laughs> that's how late we have come to this show. <laughs> anyway, oh so... We wanted to give the younger generation a voice in this Outlander universe. I feel like that that is earned, especially in the age of Netflix and social media. This show has blown up. And we feel like as a younger generation, we need to have our voices heard. And I know that a lot of people are anxious to hear what the younger side of things are, especially with a lot of the book fans. They are middle-aged. So it's good to get a younger view on things sometimes. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's good. I also do like the input of the older ladies. Um, and <laughs> oh, older for sure. Like for sure. It. And then, yeah. yeah. But um, I completely agree. I like hearing from younger people sometimes. Like, it doesn't connect in my head how people think how they think, just anybody mm-hmm. in general. But um, I love the idea of it, just us being younger and we're just going into it. Absolutely. So um, how did you get into Outlander? How, what was your, what's your story? Oh my God. Okay. So I've had to learn to like condense it because I can go on a while. So basically I found out about the show through one of my friends. I went to visit her and her husband and kids um, in 2014. So it was literally with the first mid season break and I go to her house and we're she picks me up at the train station. We're talking about random other things. And then we get to her house. And one of the first things she says to me is, have you seen Outlander? And I'm like, what's that? And she goes, oh, my God, you need to watch this. Jamie's so hot. Jamie's so cute. And she just kind of fades <laughs> into the background with her husband there. And I'm like, I can just hear her saying, Jamie's so hot. Jamie's so cute. And I'm thinking in my brain, what does this guy being cute have to do with the show being good? And her husband looks at me and goes, it's a good show. And I'm like, oh, my God. In my brain, I was thinking this is such a differentiating thing between man and woman. 
Yeah, and so that was my first experience with it. I watched <laughs> all those episodes leading up to when Jamie is at the window. And I was like, what? Why? And my friend's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, this is going to bug me. And then I didn't have a way of watching it for a long time. And I never thought to get the seasons when they came out. Um, mm-hmm. Normally, the library has seasons mm-hmm. to check out. And I never thought to do that with the show. I would do it with other shows, but I never thought to do it with Outlander. And I never thought to read the books either. I was kind of a little nervous because of all the sex that was in it. Um, and at the time, I was a little like, oh, I don't know if I should be reading this. Am I going to go to hell or not? And obviously, none of us are going to go to hell for reading sex in a book. But like, <laughs> at least in my thought process at the time, I was like, there has to be a lot of it in here. And I don't know if that's a good idea. But um, <laughs> even seeing the wedding episode got me like, I don't know how I feel about this because I don't want to disrespect the actors. So and then in the end, I went, they're the ones doing this. So whatever. So I didn't watch it for a while until season four was about to start. But I would always watch random interviews with the actors. So I always had a bit of Outlander in my world. I just Mm -hmm. didn't read the books or watch the season. So when season four was about to start was when I went, you know, I'm actually going to do this. And my library had the first two seasons. And I went, oh, okay, that's cool. I can deal with not having season three right now. I'm going to see how I like it, which was totally naive, let's be honest. Like, you cannot do that with Outlander. I remember having so much anxiety. I was like, what just happened? So I watched the first two seasons in, like, five days. I'm not joking when I say that. And then I rewatched them again in, like, the five-day interval as well before I took them back to the library. And then I was, like, having this withdrawal. I was like, need more Outlander now, like that thing. And then... um. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and my brother goes, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, um, there's this show on stars, and I really want an account with them. And he goes, let me look into it. And so I've had an account from him for Christmas for, Aww, like, two years now. So it's yay. like, so when, so when I got live um, with everyone else in the Outlanderverse um, was when Blood of My Blood was on television. Mm. So that's my story. What that about is- you? That's extremely interesting. (laughs) Mine is a bit more condensed because it's a more recent story and not as drawn out. So I actually went to Scotland last April, April of 2019. And I was on a tour of the Highlands and one of the locals, I was talking to one of the locals about how much I love the scenery because it was just gorgeous and about the tourism industry there. And they, like well outlanders really helped us out and i said what's outlander this is a u.s u.s girl not knowing what outlander is which apparently is a big (laughs) freaking deal they looked at me like i had two heads they were like you don't know what outlander is (laughs) and you're from america (laughs) right and i was like no what's outlander and they're like well it's a book series that's now turned into a tv series you should check it out when you get home and i was like Okay, so fast forward a week, I am having massive Scotland withdrawals, and I'm thinking, let's just watch Outlander, and no, actually, I read the books first. I got through book one, and it was fantastic, and it was really great, because I was reading about all of these locations that I had just visited, like Inverness and Loch Ness, and just all of those places, which was super cool for me. Yeah, and then I kept seeing because I was posting about how I liked Outlander and everything in the book 
And then Facebook does that stocky big brother thing where it says, yeah. hey, check this out. You might like Outlander, the TV show. <laughs> so I fell down the rabbit hole and like you watched pretty much the entire series in the span of five days. And so that took me actually by the end, by the time I got through season four, it was probably more like a week and a half, two weeks. But yeah, and wow. that was right after season four ended. Oh my so god. I have I have suffered the Droughtlander hardcore between season four and season five, which is it almost is over now. And we're about to go into a even larger Droughtlander because of stupid coronavirus. So yeah, that is my Outlander story. Yeah, that's how I yeah. got into it. What I was thinking was they were probably wondering, like, isn't that why you're here in Scotland? Mm-hmm. Because of Outlander? <laughs> exactly. That's kind of like, you don't know what Outlander is? I'm <laughs> like, no, I do not know what Outlander is. I oh do now. <laughs> oh, my God. And you are on your second read of all the books, right? I am. So apparently I'm a fast reader. I got through all eight books in a span um, from I got back at the middle of April from Scotland, and by Thanksgiving, I had all eight books read. What? So, yeah. So I am on my second read-through, which if you are currently reading Outlander or if you've read them once, I highly recommend a second read-through. The books are so dense, and there is so much detail that there's no possible way you could catch everything on the first read-through. I fully believe in the fact that you perceive the events in the book differently and as your story changes personally and as you experience new things. So yes, they are fantastic books on the first read through, but there is so much more people have read them like five times and still catch different stuff. So highly recommend that. It's kind of like when you rewatch the episodes, I'm not kidding. A Malcolm like hit me so hard on my rewatch before season five started. And even um, Wilmington, like with Roger and Bree's hand fasting, I was a effing mess. Like, I seriously was like, what the fuck is wrong with me right now? I've never cried this hard with their <laughs> hand fasting. What's going on? <laughs> and then, like, Jamie and Claire together, like, uh, yeah, I bawled a lot. So. The one that got me on the second time was, actually, it probably took about three times, was Freedom and Whiskey. Mm-hmm. that one did not get me on the first try because I knew that A. Malcolm was next. And I was just like, "Get, just get <laughs> me to A. Malcolm. Just get me there. And then, <laughs> I, so I didn't appreciate it, but I did going back and rewatching it for sure. That is such a good episode. Yes. I know in general, the first half of season three, I didn't appreciate as much the first time. But when I mm-hmm. rewatched it again, it was way better. Yes. Then that's that's why the episodes are worth a rewatch, especially when the season is over. I think people forget mm-hmm. to like go back and rewatch it. And that's why I don't take anybody's opinion too seriously if they've only seen the episodes once and the whole season yes. all the way through one time. I'm like, you don't even get to have an opinion right now. <laughs> you did not catch it all. Okay? Like just This so you is know. <laughs> so true, especially so we're recording right now. It's May third, twenty twenty. Which means that the penultimate episode of season five aired today. And so we are coming off of that. And I will just say, I'm not going to do any spoilers because I know a lot of people that are listening to this have not watched that far ahead. But season five is a season to be reckoned with. 
and it definitely yeah. requires a second watch. Yeah, and I've had today a lot, like just sitting there with everything that's happened before this episode, and I'm going, this is an excellent season. Yes. It really is. Yep. And like bringing it up, thanks Chelsea. I'm really emotional right now. <laughs> Sorry talking about this episode, and I'm like, I'm just you don't have to talk it. about it. It's well, fine. I, uh, I was God, just I'm... using it as an example. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to. Talk. Okay. We're gonna give you guys just a little <laughs> intro into how we're gonna do things moving forward with the podcast. So we are going to do episodes weekly. We're going to start at the very beginning. So next week's episode is going to be about Sassanac, the very first episode of Outlander. And we're going to do a breakdown about that. Yes! I'm so excited for this. (laughs) I'm just excited because it's going to be a whole new take just from what we've said a little bit because we haven't told each other everything that we're going to be talking about. That's going to be like the format we're not going to tell each other what we're going to be saying but like I just love from our little conversations they are already so different from what I've heard from other podcasts or from what other discussions I've had with people I'm just so excited yeah we're gonna go through it organically just see where the wind blows us we're gonna make a list uh whenever we rewatch these episodes we're going to make a beat sheet of things that we absolutely have to talk about in the episode and then let that organically evolve into things that we noticed or loved or didn't like about the show. Feel free to interact with us on social media. We love it. We love to hear from you guys. And if there's anything at all that you are confused about, want clarification about, would love for us to talk about on the show, we will address it in the next episode as best we can. Yes. We do want to point out that we're not going to make this a book versus show discussion we're not going to make it like comparisons because i haven't obviously read all the books yet my plan is to read up to book five because that's all that's been out on television but we're not going to make it this big what the show did what they didn't do but we do plan to point out maybe little things like maybe something that confused me i do plan to ask chelsea like what exactly was going on in claire's brain right here (laughs) because katrina is a good actor but like i need to know what's going on in the character's head right now because sometimes facial expressions can give you a whole different meaning versus what's going on in their head so exactly yeah and also if i feel like it's relevant there's been a relevant change to the show something that is in the books that has already been addressed in the show, but it's different in the way that it was done. And I feel like it's relevant to talk about to make the show watchers understand possibly why those decisions were made or where the storyline comes from to begin with. Those are things that might be addressed too. But the basis of this podcast is not to straight up compare the books in the show. We are fully of the belief that the show is the show and the books are the books. They are their own entities, and they need to be kept that way. Yeah. All right. So now to the fun part of this podcast. I want to give you guys a heads up. We are going to get into some spoiler zone coverage. So if you are at the very beginning of this season, you do not want any idea what happens coming down the coming down the pipe. Please turn us off and join us next week. Next week, we start with Sassanac, our episode analysis for the very first episode of Outlander. Right now, everything is free game. We are going to talk our favorites, our likes, our dislikes, anything from episode one to what we just watched last night is fair game. So like I said, if you don't want spoilers, this is not the time to be listening. 
Yep. But honestly, come back to the episode because we're going to have some fun. Yes, come back to it. Whenever you have uh, watched everything that you're going to watch, if you are just a Netflix watcher and you have only watched season three and you're waiting for season four, or if you're all the way up to season five and you are suffering through Droughtlander like the rest of us, please come back and join us for our first episode because it is going to be a blast. We're going to have some great fun. All right. So, Rebecca, are we ready to get into this? Yes. So, the most important question that needs to be answered. <laughs> Why don't you tell Kilt? us what that question is? <laughs> <laughs> Kilts or pants? What would you choose, Chelsea? So on my little sheet, it says pants, parentheses, unless it's Jamie in a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like Jamie in a kilt is one of the sexiest things I have ever seen. But just to see a guy on the street wearing a kilt not so much. Like, pants all the way, except for that. <laughs> Seriously, 501, <laughs> the fiery cross, he looks amazing uh, in that kilt. With his man bun ponytail thing. Well, it's not a man bun. It's a man ponytail. Like, oh my god. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. So what about I'm, you? Kilt or pants? Oh my. I am glad we're on the same page with the pants, because I am all about the pants life. Again, until I see Jamie and I kill it and I forget. But like, um, the but honestly, on my sheet, it's pants hands down. Like, I love the colonial times look on the men. Mm. Like, Roger looks great. Let's be honest, Richard, Sam, Ian, Fergus, well, Caesar, and John, um, and David, who plays Lord John. Um, just all the men look good in that colonial times America mm-hmm. look. Like, I just uh, give me a man in a tricorn any day. <laughs> That has got to be like, I am sad those went out of style. <laughs> and I'm, now I don't know, now that's the hat, correct? <laughs> yes, that's the three point hat. Yes. I completely agree with you. That is some sexy, mm, just yes. Oh, God. Like the men just look great. So I am pro the pants. Absolutely. One of the few things we agree on. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. I think that might be one of two things that we're going to agree on this entire episode. (laughs) 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 Looking at the list. So, all right. A little (laughs) bit more levity to this topic. Favorite character. Let's get into it. Those are fighting words. (laughs) Favorite character. Mine happens to be Roger Wakefield slash Roger McKenzie slash Roger Mack. There you go. I just, ugh. I just love him so much since he was this wee little boy with the cute little dimples. Like, oh my god. That little boy, and he's like... (laughs) That little boy is the cutest actor ever. Ever. Can I have another biscuit? Like, shut up. You're so cute. Okay, I want to see what he looks like now. Oh, that's an interesting question. Or interesting thought. I'm going to have to Google it. Yes, you should. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, he has like these beautiful blue eyes, right? Oh yes, blue? yes, uh, blue, blue. Mm-hmm. Cute little kid when he's just staring at Frank and his quote unquote dad. You know when they're talking when Claire has come back, like uh, mm, so, so good. Cute. But Roger is amazing. He's been in this since Dragonfly and Amber. Like that was mm-hmm. it when he found out everything. Just the, his response to Claire. I think he genuinely believed her. He just yep. went, this explains a lot, and there's 
evidence to prove this. He's there for Brianna in the whole process. Like, hey, you wanted to know the truth. Sit down. <laughs> you know, like, right. hear, your mom, hear your mom. And like, and he goes, and if she's actually legitimately certifiable, we'll know. Right. Like, yeah. Like, let's just go to these stones and see what happens. Oh my God. I just, I love how sweet he is. I love how just right away you could tell on his face, he knew that Brianna was it for him. And I noticed that right when I first saw the episode, I went, Oh, he's like, that's it for him. That's that's just like Jamie with Claire. Mm -hmm. That was it. I love his growth too. Like where, what his character goes through in any of these season four, like what are you doing to my character, Diana? Why would you do this to him? And then season five as well, like, uh, the hanging is the worst thing ever. And just his whole process of going through the PTSD is just, basically, I just love him. And um, it doesn't hurt that Richard Rankin is actually really attractive. So, um, yep. Rick Rankin in that, that role, yes, it was one of the most amazing casting choices that they have made. I will say they nailed it with him. <laughs> what about you, Chelsea? Who is your favorite? All right, get on the boxing gloves. My favorite character <laughs> is James Alexander Malcolm McKenzie Fraser. Oh, God. How could you not love Jamie? Honestly, I literally from the first line that I read for him and then to find out that Sam Hewen was cast to play him. And he is absolutely perfect in this role. He really is. I mm-hmm. just... From season one alone, Jamie grows so much as a character and what he goes through in the season finale is just terrible. And I know that the show lost a lot of viewers because of that. And I find that so awful because, yeah, it's hard to watch, but it's vital to who Jamie is as a person moving forward, everything that happens there. And so to see him continue to grow as a person through season two with the Jacobites and all the Paris drama to lose a child to fight for his relationship with Claire through all of that and then to send her back to save their child to like just as a person he is an amazing person not to mention has some of the most romantic lines ever written for a character like legit how could any woman not love him good lord I have Good moments, boy. he he is cheesy though sometimes. There are times where I go, what is this? A woman wrote that line. Because like, no way would a dude actually say this. And then there are genuinely other times where I'm like, that is really sweet. Um, Give me all so. the cheese. All the cheese. Like, I watch <laughs> these shows and read these books to escape reality. I don't need a reminder that a lot of men out there are dogs, okay? I just want what every other woman wants. To have somebody to hold her and tell her how beautiful she is and how much they love her and to be willing to fight for her no matter what. And I feel like that is Jamie to a T. And totally. I, I would even say that that's Sam in real life. I don't think he's pretending He's a there. sweetheart. He yeah. is a sweetheart. I went to New Orleans earlier this year um, during Droughtlander, January or February. Wow. And... I watched the live show with him and just the way that he interacts with his fans. It is so plain to see that he is a genuinely nice, kind hearted person. And that warms my heart, honestly, to know that not all people that have made it big are superficial. And that just makes me feel good to know that they're, 
the people that are involved with this show are genuinely yes. appreciative of the experience. Yep, they're all great. That's partly why I love the show so much is mm-hmm. that the people who are, and they're just also silly too. Like the men are crazy. Let's be honest. If anyone follows them on Instagram, like I'm like, thank you for entertaining me forever. Stephen Cree. <laughs> oh God. Or forget Sam. He's so like workout regimented, but then like he just had his 40th birthday and he posted this Instagram and he's got both of his thumbs bandaged and said band-aids <laughs> and aloe vera for birthday blisters. And I'm like, what the fuck is a birthday blister? And how the fuck do you get them? <laughs> I need to know. Sam Hewen, if you are listening to this, I need to know how you get birthday blisters. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Yep. It's like across the fandom. Everyone's like, what's a birthday blister? <laughs> My personal theory is, and let's take a beat because you guys will notice this is my theory, okay, that like Ross on Friends, he got so <laughs> plastered drunk, he grabbed a hot plate of fajitas out of the oven without oven mitts. That is my theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh taking a beat off of that, taking a beat off that, all of our episodes that are episode analysis are named like Friends episodes. The one with dot, 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 fill in the blank. Because both of us have bonded over our love of Friends. It is one of the all-time greatest shows. It really is. Like, it's up there in my top three. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. It's binge-worthy. It's so much fun. I love Chandler. I love them all. They're dynamic. Just all six of them. They're just so... It's great. I just... I enjoy it a lot. No matter where you're at or what you're doing, if you're having a bad day, put on an episode of Friends, have a laugh, and feel better about your life. It is great. You want to know why? (laughs) Dot, 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 because they'll be there for you. Uh... (laughs) Oh. Just having, just pat myself on the back here. There you go. Good job. I'm so proud of you. All right. (laughs) All right, so on to a slightly less inflammatory topic, because Rebecca and I fight over who's better, Roger or Jamie. Um, yes. Secondary characters. Rebecca, who's your favorite? My secondary character is, I want to say, like, there are a lot of people that are so great in this show that literally are helpful to our characters, propelling them forward. They wouldn't be who they are without some of these people. So I just want to honor all the randoms that we do not mention. But mine has to be Lord John. Just it has to be. He's the best friend that everybody should have. Just, ugh, he's amazing. I want to cry just with how beautiful he is. Not physically, but I mean, yes, he is beautiful. But like, yeah, his heart is so good. Right away, they're for Jamie when they become friends. So understanding that Jamie is not gay, not bisexual, won't be with him ever. And he still loves this man in front of him and doesn't do anything to you know like I guess he doesn't continue to force himself on him I don't think he ever has actually Mm -hmm. he's never done that it's all about like he's his friend so I will take care of his son if that's what he needs for me I will Mm -hmm. play chess with him if that's what he needs for me I will look for this bastard bonnet who raped his daughter Mm -hmm. if he needs me to I will protect his daughter if he needs me to um, I will be there as his friend and Jamie is there for him as well. Like I just, I love 
their dynamic, even though it's not romantic at all, and it is for more John, like, he will always love Jamie. I just love, like, his big heart and how he's just completely for the Frasers. Oh, my God. And it's just crazy he doesn't know that Claire is from the future and all that stuff. I'm like, uh, will he find out one day? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, who is yours? So, my favorite secondary character, and this is show-specific. Let me let me state that. Uh, my favorite secondary character is Marsley. Because, and I feel like this is because of who she is moving basically in season five she lauren lyle is fantastic in her portrayal of her and i feel like marsley is who i would be if i was an 18th century woman living life on the rich like the level of sarcasm and just straight up no bullshit i swear like this girl every time she's in the room i'm just like yes marsley yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, basically just because I identify with Marsley a lot. Wouldn't hurt if I had a Caesar Domboy either. Like, Fergus. <laughs> I want a Fergus to my Marsley. Their relationship is so chill. It's so cute. chill. It's adorable, it's... yes. And they are so mm-hmm. into each other. As a couple, yeah. they're just adorable. Oh my god, they're great. I always <laughs> say Marsley or something. I, they always say Margus. It's Margus and Margus, yeah. <laughs> I love that they just continually, he gets her pregnant. It's like every episode she's pregnant again in this season. In particular, I'm like, okay, you guys clearly have sex a lot. So um. Lots of babies. (laughs) Lots of babies. Like, Marsley wasn't always, she's still really not my 100% favorite character. But I will say this season has made me love her a bit more. Mm -hmm. So um, I agree with you. Show Marsley, even though I don't know what she's like in the books. But um, she was pretty bratty early on, and I just wasn't digging it. I can 100% identify with it. Like, your dad has this new chick in his life and kind of tossed your mom aside. I totally get that vibe. You know, Mm -hmm. on a personal level, I get that. So. Like I said, I identify with her as a character 100% and relate to her mindset the most. She's so badass. I loved her moment Mm -hmm. with Brianna when Brianna was kind of like freaking out a lot in her head. And Marceline was totally there for her. It was great. Mm, Absolutely. Yep. All right. Favorite look. So like costume over the course of a season. Whose look Mm -hmm. did you like the best in what season? Oh my god, I loved Jamie's look in season four. Like, just everything. Even his wig with the bangs. I just, I loved it all. His outfits were this beautiful blue. Sam pulled yes. that off really well. Like, mm-hmm. it it was, it's my favorite look on him. So yeah. That's Lots of say. controversy over the bangs. I never saw the I problem know. with it. Never, ever yeah. saw the problem with it. And I honestly got so tired of hearing about it. So... For those of you who get tired of hearing about the wig in season four for Jamie, know that you will not hear a constant complaint about it from us here at the Sassanac Files. Because I love it, and I'm glad that you didn't see a big deal with it. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but everybody has bad hairstyles sometimes. Like, it's not like something I can't get past, you know? (laughs) What's hilarious is that I don't think it's a bad look. Actually, I will say there was a couple of times when it was not pulled back in that, like, low ponytail, and I went, what's happening? Um, Or the legit, when he gets off the boat at River Run, and he's got the sweaty bangs plastered to his forehead when he takes off his hat. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was like, that's such a real moment right now. <laughs> yep, yep, it is. And my thing is, is since I have really curly hair as well, and I've had bangs before, like, mm-hmm. they yeah. don't look 100%. So I'm like, they actually look great. But yeah, just in general, I just thought the whole thing looks, he just mm-hmm. looked amazing all around. So yeah, for sure. What yeah. about you, Chelsea? What was your favorite look or costume? So this might be an obvious play since I'm a total girly girl, but I loved Claire's Paris look in season two. All the clothes, all the silk, all the organza, all the all the stuff, the colors. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. All the, the coloring and the hair. Oh, God. So great. Great. I agree with the coloring. Like it popped and it was mm-hmm. oh, that red dress that. with the red lipstick. When they go to Versailles mm-hmm. and not in Scotland anymore, I cannot get it out of my head. I just love Katrina's look in that episode. But yeah, I couldn't just pick that as a favorite costume because there are so many fabulous dresses in that season. Terry mm-hmm. Dressbox did an amazing job. She did. Um, I also really loved her dress in Untimely Resurrection when they yes. first see BJR. Yeah, they. some of those were like, hand-painted flowers on that fabric that was what yeah I, I i believe i read this somewhere that they had to add fabric into that dress so they like hand-painted to make it match i i can't remember where i read that and um if anybody out there knows whether that's true or not i would be happy to hear from you but yeah wow. pretty sure that i know that a lot of it was embroidered but yeah i was thinking that part of it was hand-painted goodness sakes they put a lot of effort into this show and the clothing that's what i love so much and that's part of why i fell in love with this show watching all of the behind the scenes stuff if you guys have the blu-rays or the dvds or have the opportunity to borrow them from someone i highly recommend watching all of the behind the scenes stuff that goes along with this show because the people behind the scenes pour their heart and souls into it we're talking the set designers the costume designers sound team just the crew, the directors and producers, script writers, they do tons and tons of research. This show is extremely time time period accurate. So I admire that so much about this show that they put so much effort into it. Goodness. Speaking of set designer, John Gary Steele is the set designer for this show through season five. Season five has, is his last season and we are all extremely sad to see him go. What is your favorite set? My favorite set is either River Run or um, the cabin that was Jamie and Claire's in um, season four. Mm-hmm. And now it's Roger and Breeze. I think yes. I really like that one the most. Like, I just I love that cute little cabin. It's, it's great. But like River Run is so beautiful. It's like the complete and opposite of the cabin. It is. And it's got like beautiful couches and the beautiful pillows and just super like cute and fancy but i might say that like you know the ridge house has been growing on me since it's been built getting more like you know finished it's Um, actually on my list that's my favorite the the big house it is fantastic and in 511 we saw we saw the finished product for the first time they've been building it all and and then finally 511 they got the upstairs finished and can i just say that that teal color in their parlor that they have painted the walls. Holy hell, I need that color in my parlor. Like, <laughs> yes, all the colors. I want the Sherwin-Williams number for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then the Paris apartment was my other one. 
they spend a lot of time in that apartment in season two and just the details like if they're in the Paris apartment and you pause the show and look at the background detail like the set decoration for that oh man it is gorgeous Yup. I even like when, like, the candles are lit everywhere. I, I really like that as well. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. The lighting's mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, the Paris stuff was nice. Like, if if you didn't like just how the story went in general, just pay attention to the clothing. Pay attention to the buildings. Just, like, ugh, it's great. The coloring. And all the... Yeah, the exteriors were actually shot in Prague, which... How fantastic is that? Like... You film in Scotland, and then you get to take a break and go to Prague. Ugh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it does double well for Paris, I think. Prague does. Goodness. Okay. Switching gears. We're going to talk about our favorite Jamie and Roger moment. What is yours, Chelsea? Oh, God. So, um, keeping in the vein of season five, I think you guys can already tell how much I love it. So Jamie and Roger's relationship evolved massively in season five. And I think that my favorite scene came from the episode 509 Monsters and Heroes when Roger is towing Jamie through the woods. And it's pretty clear that Jamie's in pretty rough shape. And Jamie is giving Roger the list of his last wishes. Give my sword to the Baron. Tell Brienne I'm glad of her. Tell Claire I meant it. Oh, Uh God. I just wanted to cry so much. And you could tell Roger is genuinely, genuinely at a loss. Like, he's on the verge of bursting into tears as Jamie is struggling for life. And just the dynamic between those two in that scene, like, it gets to me every time I watch it. Oh, my God. Mine is in season five as well, but it's one of the more recent episodes, and it was 5.010, and it's Mercy Shall Follow Me. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, 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 with, yeah. Um, when I just love all the Jamie and Roger stuff where like Jamie's so proud of his son-in-law and he's like yeah. holding back Ian so that way he doesn't help Roger fight. Like I loved that, but like and then just again later on in the episode where he just lets Roger do what he needs to do with Bonnet, which is like beat the shit out of him. It was wonderful. But like <laughs> I loved their pledge to each other towards the beginning of the episode mm. when Jamie goes you fall, Roger Mack. I will avenge you. And then Roger, which I thought was hilarious because I'm like, Jamie's so serious. I love him so much. Um, <laughs> and then Roger was like, and if you fall, I will avenge you. And I went, oh my God, they have this moment. And it's so great. <laughs> and just to watch Richard and Sam do this scene was like perfect. And it's so funny how close in age they are. And they're yes, playing a the actors, father yes. and son. Yeah, God, it's amazing. It's so yeah. good. If it wasn't that moment, it really would have been the one where um, <laughs> Jamie shaves Roger's face. Because uh, Roger cuts himself. I was like, that's cute. Before the wedding in 501. Yep, yep that was yep. great. It's just cute. Oh. <laughs> and It gives you a good idea of their dynamic going into season five, I feel like. Yeah. That scene. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good. Because it's um, still super awkward. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, Roger's like, so, um, know that I don't know anything about this century, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just marrying your daughter. <laughs> Uh, and Rahe and Jamie's like, yeah, I know you don't know shit about this century, and I'm not sure I want you to marry my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's basically the internal dialogue of that entire scene, guys. And I will make sure your face is shaved correctly for her, even though I don't like you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Um, so switching gears a little bit, still in the vein of character dynamic, but we're going to talk about Brianna and Claire. Favorite oh moment between those two. Uh, okay. So I had a couple, but one of my favorites really is 409, the Birds and the Bees episode. And it's the moment with Brianna and Claire when they're talking about the sex, talking about mm-hmm the pregnancy and talking about the rape just Brianna coming clean slowly as Claire um kind of just figures out what's happening like she goes how far along are you and Brianna was like oh thank god she can tell like she she knows me so well still so I don't have to actually say it yet um it like broke the ice for her and to Mm -hmm. be able to open up slowly and talk about like how it could possibly not be Rogers and then she says She's raped. Well, she doesn't actually say that. She goes, I didn't fight him. I Mm -hmm. didn't. And Claire just holds her daughter and is like, oh, my baby. Like, Katrina did amazing. For someone who is not a mother in real life, like, she did great. That's one of my favorite Brianna and Claire moments, for sure. Yeah, I I agree. That was a fantastic moment. It It really showcases their mother daughter relationship in a way that we really haven't seen a lot. And I feel like the only other scene that we've really had that mother-daughter relationship is my favorite Brie Claire moment, which is Mm -hmm. the talk that they have in Freedom and Whiskey about all of Claire's insecurities when she's getting, she's thinking about going back to Jamie. And she's like, what if he doesn't love me anymore? And Brie, there's kind of a role reversal there where Brie is saying, you told me that what you feel for him is the strongest thing that you have ever felt in your entire life you have to believe that he feels the same way about you. And I really just love that, that she can be, they can be honest with each other and that they, even though they've had their hardships as a mother and a daughter and aren't maybe the closest, that they still do have that bond and they still do know each other and they can comfort each other. Um, and that scene between them in Freedom and Whiskey, that was just fire. Like it gets me emotional even thinking about it because I have a very close relationship with my mother and um, to see that portrayed on the screen just really brings tears to my eyes. I love that moment. That was my other choice, actually, is I uh, that was such a good moment. And I, I agree with you. I love when Claire's super insecure to think Jamie might not love her, might not think she's beautiful anymore. I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's such a girl thing. No matter how old we are, we want to make sure like somebody still thinks we're attractive and think yep. you know like sees us basically and i absolutely yeah it was good you covered it all it was great so um kind of keeping with the character theme but moving on a little bit mm-hmm. what is your favorite duo or dynamic in a non-romantic sense like friends or just kind of who has the best banter i guess what are you mm-hmm. thinking so at first, it was Lord John and Brianna. I just loved their relationship dynamic in mm-hmm. season four. But this season, it did change. <laughs> uh, and it is in just the past few episodes. I just love what is happening with Roger and Ian. I love that Ian came back. And I love that Roger and Ian are having their connection. Um, because like, they've experienced some pretty serious stuff together whether they realize it or not like Ian goes in place for Roger so that he can go back to Brianna and then after everything that happens with Roger the hanging Ian comes back because of all the trauma with him that I have no idea what's going on except (laughs) something they have their 
like, you know, journey to kind of like, they're both there for each other. Like Ian's there for him when Roger can't talk. And then Roger's there for Ian when he's going to try and kill himself. And it's, it's really beautiful. And I love what even happened in this episode as well. Like, yeah. um, the new one where, um, <laughs> real spoiler, um, Roger gives Ian his land. And, um, when Roger, Brianna are deciding to go back to their time with Jenny, um, I just love that they wanted him, Ian, there when he was going to go through the stones, which means Ian knows everything. So <laughs> yep. there we go. That's, that's yeah. my favorite. It's a real brother relationship. I feel like Roger was an only child and he had an adoptive father. And I think that his relationship with Ian is almost as a brother. And that's really beautiful to get to see Roger have that relationship finally with someone. It's funny how like Diana puts that in her story. They may have wanted something so bad, but it doesn't always look the way they were wanting. Like Jamie does have kids. They're just not like his that he's raising. It's I find it so fascinating. Yep. And what about you? What is your favorite non-romance duo dynamic? I'm going to throw it back. So I miss <laughs> Rupert and Angus so bad with like a passion. They brought so much comedy to the show, just a relief for all the drama. They had such a good banter and they tried to replicate that a little bit with Leslie and Hayes in season three and it just didn't come through as well. The actors are phenomenal, but you can never replicate what Rupert and Angus had. And I miss that. So they were my favorite duo. I miss them. Their crazy humor, walking in on the wedding, you know, all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to wee kick it, Jan Breeze. <laughs> and then Rupert going, how was it, Jamie? Did you bleed? <laughs> I just miss them so much. Yeah, and like, oh god, the way Angus died like broke my heart. I went, "Are you yeah. fucking kidding me right now?" And I remember thinking when Preston Pans was happening in that moment, I went, "Claire, you need to look at him. A bomb freaking went off. He's probably got internal bleeding." And yeah, well, what horrible. could she have done though? Honestly, nothing. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least fucking it was ridiculous. quick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna talk about. <laughs> Our one negative thing that we've got on the list. What oh, in your book was the worst episode? Creme de Mence. Creme de Mence in season three. Just what is that? What yep. is that? Did not fit. Like, are you fucking for real right now with that shit? Come on, guys. The best part was Fergus. Caesar did amazing. And I just... Everything with Ian and the lady just was like, are you for real right now? And then, like, everything with Claire trying to save that douchebag. Are you serious right now? And then just everything just was, why? Why did that have to happen at all? I don't understand. Yeah, I agree. That's it. Creme de Mence was horrible. Let's all be honest. Okay. <laughs> it was. It was actually mine, but I wanted to talk about another bad episode so that we could... <laughs> <laughs> prolong this section (laughs) my second worst episode i guess was the fox's lair in season two it was kind of yucky bringing leary back i know that they wanted to like bring her back and kind of redeem her a little bit since jamie ends up marrying her down the line 
But honestly, like, why can't we just all be allowed to be in Claire's shoes a little bit when she finds out that Jamie married Larry? Like, why do we need to sympathize with that shit? I don't understand. And then all the stuff with Jamie's grandsire and Lord Lovett, who is actually a real person. And I get that. All of that stuff, though, like, how was that important to the plot? I don't really think it was. (laughs) In the books, yes, it made a little bit more sense because we could go into more detail. But if you can't explain it thoroughly, people, then don't put it in there. Let's not yeah. half-ass it, all right? <laughs> so, I agree. Getting like, off my soapbox now, but the Fox's Lair was not so good. Not so it good. It really wasn't good at all. I love the part where Claire was pointing at him, though, trying to get all, like, you know, witchy for, like, a second. But yeah. I went, this is super cheesy. It's cheesy and just was not done well. Um, And I do I agree about Leary. on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, my God. And how Jamie just goes right away to her side and plays along. I'm like, these two have obviously been together oh a while. God. Yeah, they know each other so well at that point. They're like, oh, okay, they this do. is the point when we play, we do role play, okay? I got you, boo. Like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I want to backtrack to the Leary part. Like, I was kind of felt for her a little bit until she went, until, like, it happens again, you know, like, I will have you one day, you know, like, that Ugh. thing, I went, that was stupid, I, I didn't really care, once they threw that in, that made no sense to me whatsoever, like, you basically then, just undid everything you were trying to do, yeah, and, but even then, I just, I didn't care, I didn't care about her, I really don't, nope. like, Leary, I mean, I feel for her in the very beginning, because she's young, and Jamie mm-hmm. should not have been leading her on like that, um, but come on. Just Agreed. I agree with done. that. But at the same time, like, not, not on the Larry vein, but, um, and here's where my defense of James Fraser is going to pop in and I'm going to make some people mad. But <laughs> <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jamie. Like, I feel like, yes, he shouldn't have toyed with Larry like that. But at the same time, I feel like it is very easy for people to forget how young Jamie is himself. He's in his early 20s at this point. If everybody was held accountable for all the dumb decisions they made when they were 22, like, let's be honest. Yeah, he made some mistakes, but Larry made a lot of mistakes. And Jamie didn't almost kill somebody with his mistake. So that's oh, my no, piece. I, I said my piece. <laughs> Like, no, later on when she tries to get Claire, like, killed for being a witch, I was like, are you for real right now? Is this really happening? Or even when she went up to Jamie in The Reckoning, I went, oh, crap, like, this isn't good. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Jamie is way more behaved than the other men of his time. Like, I think Mm -hmm. he's more on another level, which is why I kind of hold him more accountable. I get he's younger, but I also understand that men were who they were back then. So he is just a product of his time period. Mm -hmm. I get that. But she's so young. And what are you doing getting whipped in the back for her, you idiot? Like, of course, she's going to think you love her. I think you did it more for her grandma than her. To be honest, yeah, he who doesn't love Mrs. Pitts? Mrs. Pitts. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh. all right. Uh, Most now, memorable quote. This is a oh good my one. God. I'm excited. Oh, okay. Mine is, "What does fucking mean?" 
by Jamie Fraser. <laughs> oh my god. And we all know that came from the episode what? The Reckoning. I love uh. that moment. Oh, when he just, he's so cute and he's like, what does fucking mean? Like, it's so adorable. Sam delivered that so well. And it is much, it's so adorable in the show and in the books, it was like, he was like, okay, you're not going to cuss at me when I don't know what you mean. So you're going to tell me what does fucking mean. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just as cute. (laughs) Right. But it's like, I'm going to know what you're saying, damn it. If you're going to say bad things, like, I'm going to know what you mean when you say them. (laughs) Which I totally appreciate. I totally appreciate. (laughs) He's so cute. He is. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, uh, some good stuff in that episode, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. What about you? Mine's a little more romantic, and it gets me <laughs> every time. Whenever I, for, it's a line straight out of the books, and when I read it for the first time, I it brought tears to my eyes. I just was like, oh, my God. And it is, when my body dies, my soul will still be yours. Mm. Oh, I want that. I yeah. want that. <laughs> Kelsey's gonna be emotional real quick. It's fine. It's fine. Ugh. Like this is one of those Jamie lines that are not cheesy to me. Like mm-hmm. it's actually really sweet because, like, really, she is his only love. He knew mm-hmm. it right away. So of yep. course, when his body dies. His soul will still be there with her. Like, I, yeah, I believe in stuff like that. It's, it's so yeah. fascinating. And the fact that she tries to get all technical about it, she's like, well, that's the first law of thermodynamics. And then he takes it a step further and he's like, no, that's faith. Like, I believe that <laughs> to my bones that, like, I will still be there with you even if my body is not. Ugh. Aww. Great stuff. Just great stuff. Some good so, nerd talk there. <laughs> good nerd talk thermodynamics to me. <laughs> No, talk faith. Talk faith to me. Right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was going to move on to our next item on the list. If that's so where was you I. Were headed. Okay. Ours are kind of similar, but different moments. So why don't you go first? Okay. So the next topic we're discussing is what is burned forever in our brains, like just unforgettable. And for me, it is Jamie's face. Oh, my God. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> it's... um. It's Jamie's face when BJR is cutting off his shirt at Wentworth. Just Jamie's, Sam did so amazing, but Jamie looking towards the camera, or Sam basically, and that tear falls, but like the sheer terror in his eyes and his face, it's just heartbreaking. Um, It's really horrible. Like, yes, he made this decision, but it's going to be difficult. So that's forever tattooed in my mind. Yeah. What about you? That was, that was powerful. I think that it is a major testament to Sam Hewen's talent as an actor that our respective moments that are burned forever into our brain are both instances of Jamie's face. Because mm-hmm. mine is a season five moment after Governor Tryon forces Jamie to put on a red coat before the Battle of Alamance. The look of absolute hatred and disgust on Sam Hewen's face. Yep. Just complete opposite of what you're seeing when he's when B- Blackjack Randall is 
cutting off his shirt in Wentworth. It's a helpless terror in his eyes. And then to see the, as Diana Gabaldon put it, if I could kill you right now, I would. (laughs) Yeah, that that gets me. And just that, that shot that cinematically it's a gorgeous shot because you see the top of Jamie's hat and then his hat comes up and it's just full on his eyes and the anger in those eyes. Just fantastic. Yeah. It makes me think of that meme, honestly, that Laugh Outlander did where he's on in the red coat and then he's like, I know I'm hot. It's confusing for all of us. <laughs> I'm still hot. It's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> I know. But like, it doesn't matter. I honestly thought when uh, you said Jamie's face with the red coat, I don't know why I thought in my head the other moment where he throws the coat on the ground and he's just so heartbroken and Governor mm. Tryon being such a fucking asshole about yeah. it. Like, his godfather just died, you fucking dick. And then you make him wear the, oh, it's just horrible. And then Jamie throws the jacket down, it's awful. But also Anyways, a moment where moment. I... We all stood up and applauded James Fraser. Oh, yeah. Like, that that was a make-or-break moment, honestly. Like, he could have gotten so much trouble for that, but just, like, his sheer presence was enough for Governor Tryon to be like, I'm going to let it slide because I don't want you to beat the <laughs> fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's really what's going through his head heaps, okay? Let's face it. Yep, yep. Tim Downey did amazing. Let's just, he like, honor that guy that for a second. Clap, clap, clap. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I love your friends in real life. But that uh, oh. the bromances of Outlander will be a separate episode, which you guys should tune in for, for sure. Oh, oh I'm so excited for that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, favorite villain. <laughs> in the, yes. In the, in the same vein of assholes. Um, <laughs> right? Um, Who's the bigger mine? asshole? <laughs> Honestly, this guy, I don't know why, but I miss him a lot of the time. Every time I see, like, a gif of him or, like, just as somebody brings up his name, I'm like, oh, my heart, like, I miss this guy. But um, it is the Duke of Sandringham. I just, I love his douchebaggery, honestly. His stupid wig, his talk, just his dumbness is just what makes him <laughs> lovable. Even though he's such an asshole, got his, like, what, goddaughter raped. Even though I think that that wasn't the plan, actually, if I'm remembering correctly. I think Claire was supposed to be the one that got raped. I think it was, but... Yeah. uh, Nevertheless, it's not okay. Yeah, he's an asshole. So, yeah, he's my favorite villain, but I guess he'd be considered a side villain in a technical sense. But, yes, I just... I miss him. There's, like, that person you'd love to hate, but you actually love him. So, yeah. Anyways, (laughs) that's the same phrasing. Whatever. Okay, what about you? Who's your favorite villain? Mine is the OG villain of Outlander, Blackjack Randall. Ooh. Because honestly, like no they they made a game try with Stephen Bonnet. Stephen Bonnet was a fantastic villain. Rest in peace, Stephen Bonnet. Not really. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> we love Ed Spillers, <laughs> but Stephen Bonnet can just go away. Go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And but Blackjack Randall, there is something so sinister about his character, just dark and twisted to the core. And Tobias Menzies, I feel like part of the amazingness that is Blackjack Randall is Tobias Menzies and how he totally. was able to 
go back and forth between Blackjack and Frank. Every time we would see Frank, we could see a counter scene with Blackjack and just realize like, oh my God, how much we hate this guy for everything. He is the source of everyone's misery. Blackjack oh, Randall, God. for sure. Favorite villain. That's so funny you said he's the source of everyone's misery. I feel like that could be the title for Bonnet because I feel like BJR is mostly the misery of Jamie and Claire. In season one, in season one, let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's okay. just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he, Blackjack Randall? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> let's, let's not go there with that. My mind went totally dirty there. Okay. <laughs> Your mind went there, not mine. Okay, okay, on the same vein of that, our favorite sex scene. What is yours, Chelsea? Okay, so here's how I'm going to do it, because I feel like we both had ones that we I, that we liked a lot, a lot. Yes. So I'm going <laughs> to do my favorite one, and then I'm going to do my honorable mention. Okay. But, and I feel like that is something that you might be able to get on board with as well. Okay. So my absolute favorite is birthday sex in the tent before Alamance. Happy birthday, Colonel Fraser. 50 years looks good on you. Just saying. It it really does God, look good on man. That scene from start to finish, like starting out with them laying in bed together and him talking about how he's now older than his dad ever was. First of all, set up the scene. I'm already like a puddle, Okay. And then you get Claire totally pulling a Marilyn Monroe and singing happy birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) In that breathy voice that I'm just like, oh, my God. And Jamie is totally digging it. He doesn't even know who Marilyn Monroe is. No. Claire is the OG Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, yes. Love that scene. That is my all-time favorite. It was cute. Yes, and my honorable mention is the reunion sex in a Malcolm, because (laughs) I'll tell you why, because it is awkward and not so pretty sometimes, and that is about as accurate a depiction as you can get, okay? (laughs) I literally, when you said... When you said the title, I thought of their heads hitting. <laughs> I know. Their heads hitting, and then when he tries to, like, move her back on the bed and falls on top of her, I'm just <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> Star that one in the book. <laughs> Both of you are clearly out of practice. With out of other. practice. Yes. No less passionate, oh but a little bit out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be gentle. Okay, bam. <laughs> oh my god, you said it. You said it. <laughs> oh god. All right, what about you? What's your top and honorable mention? Oh my god. I love how you worded this, by the way. That was a perfect way to word um how we were going to do this. So, my favorite has to be turtle soup. That is shit is hilarious, okay? Oh like, it is so funny to me, just their cute little foreplay, and Jamie, like, she's drunk, I don't know if I should take her right now, um, but she's like, hey, what's up, and then, um, and he's like, she looks good, so why not, um, and then they just get right into it, and I'm like, that looks fun, um, tipsy, and then, tipsy sex, 
Gotta love it. <laughs> oh, God. And um, I love when Willoughby knocks on the door, and then they're like, wait, like, no, no, we're fine. We're all good. We don't need any more. And then Willoughby's like, I know where you two are. Um, <laughs> and the like, but I want more soup. <laughs> But it is yep. his wife, so like, why not? I just, I enjoyed it. It was fun sex. Yes, um, absolutely. And my honorable mention is probably going to make me cry right now. Which, again, it wasn't until I rewatched season four for like the third or fourth time before season five started, where it really hit me was um, Roger and Brianna's first time together. Like, mm-hmm. I fucking lost it. Um, and I want to cry right now just, like, talking about it because I just thought it was so beautiful and the music. And I know it wasn't Roger's first time, but it was Roger's first time with her, and it was her mm-hmm. legitimate first time. I loved that so much. Like, he's fully committed, and you can tell, like, she wouldn't have given herself to anybody else because she really wanted him to be her first anyways, even though they both had that, like, disagreement about getting married and stuff. Um, she really wanted him to be the first one. So I just, that moment is my honorable mention. It's, it's really a beautiful, like, sex scene. So kudos to Richard Rankin and Sophie Skelton. Like, you both did a wonderful job being super awkward (laughs) and just (laughs) cute and sweet. So, like, yeah, I loved it. Yes, it was beautiful. And I felt like they did a fantastic job with it. The music set that to a tease. Oh my God. The music was so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about other things that make us cry. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> if you're not emotional oh. enough, buckle your seatbelts because here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about our most heart wrenching moment on Outlander, and Lord knows there are plenty of them. And we had to narrow <laughs> it down to just one, which was not easy, folks. <laughs> not easy. <laughs> But we did it. I'm so proud of us. I know. Clap. Cheers. Woohoo. Um, oh, my God. You want to go first? Because um, you need yes. a minute to prepare yourself. I need, yeah, you need to talk. Okay. My most heart-wrenching moment was the Claire and Jamie saying goodbye in Dragonfly and Amber. It was <sighs> amazing. It was amazing. I cannot describe the feelings, all the feelings just bubbling up inside me. I want to cry so much. Like, my eyes feel like they're going to explode when I watch that scene. And then to their little dance to the stones. Yeah, they had sex on the top of that hill. And damn it, if that wasn't the most heartbreaking sex I have ever seen. Like, it was a quickie. But you know what? Oh, God. Damn. I just, I can't even imagine... knowing that you're never going to see the love of your life again, like a lot of people lose their spouses and that is tragic, but to willingly say goodbye, knowing that you're never going to see each other again. Just wow. And Sam and Katrina did that so well. I, and I will say that is one of the things that I think the show did way better than the books. Honestly. Yeah. So, yes, the goodbye scene between Jamie and Claire and Dragonfly and Amber, it's the one thing that gets me every time I tear up, every time I watch it. It makes my heart break in two. 
and uh, that makes A. Malcolm so much sweeter. So much sweeter when they get back together. So heartbreaking. And, like, to think he's doing it because she's pregnant. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, somebody had to point this out to me. They were dancing. He was dancing her to the stone. I went, are you fucking for real right now? This (laughs) makes it worse. So my most heart-wrenching moment was when Faith is being taken away from Claire. Like, Claire has to give her baby to her friend, which I'm not remembering her name right now, to get buried. And then Claire just fucking loses it. Katrina did such an amazing job in that moment. Like, I wonder how many takes that took because that is extremely draining. Just... Claire like really processed that well because some people could just go into shutdown mode but she just let the tears fall it's awful that whole moment even before even before um, Claire gives her baby away to go get buried she's singing to her daughter oh my god but like basically when Claire has to give faith up it's so awful every time I watch it it's it's horrible I think Um, that was the first time that I legitimately lost it in the middle of the episode. And I remember my mom coming in. She's like, what's wrong? And I'm just like, I'm emotionally devastated after watching this episode. It has ruined me. I feel drained. It was so well done on Katrina's part. She did a fantastic job. Yeah, she really did. Oh, my goodness. Um, Let's go on to something... Yeah. Something lighter. <laughs> it takes us to the second thing we agree on in this podcast. Favorite, favorite season. season. Tell uh, tell them what our favorite season is, Rebecca. It is season five. But let's tell them what we were going to say before we get into why season okay. five is ours. Yeah. So my whole thinking on this, I absolutely loved the beginning of season three. Like season three, because we started making this list a little bit of a look into the behind the scenes of the Sassanac files. We started making this list two weeks ago. We were two episodes (laughs) shorter than we are now in season five. And I was, I was liking where season five was headed, but I wasn't sold on it yet. And Mm -hmm. so I had season three written down because I loved the first half of season three, season three episodes, one through seven. Right, A. Malcolm is A. Malcolm six or seven. The battle joined through A. Malcolm. Let's just go that way. Was some yeah. of the best television I think I had ever watched. It was amazing. Really I loved every minute of that part of season three. However, I really, really had a very visceral negative reaction to the majority of the back half of season three. <laughs> so. I tend to just block out. I tend to just block out the back half of season three. I mean, peeps, we're talking about creme de menthe, heaven and earth, uncharted, the doldrums. Some of these episodes that literally, I just, I'm like, that's not Outlander. When I think about that, I refuse to think about it as Outlander because that's how strongly I feel about it. Exactly, exactly. Maybe the final two because I did kind of like those episodes. But yes, I agree yeah. with you. They did not feel like Outlander, and it was really weird. <laughs> yes. So I got to thinking about this. I was like, okay, so you really love the first half of season three. Let's just leave it there. Let's put season three down. Because season five at the beginning was a little rough. Like, it was on shaky ground. We liked episode one, but then it kind of got a little slow again. 
And we're like, what is happening? And then it started to ramp up a little bit at a time until we got to the Ballad of Roger Mack. And then, holy fuck, people. Then it was just like a freaking roller coaster of emotion. And we're not even to the season five finale yet. And we just, I watched the preview last night and holy mother. Holy You're not saying anything? I'm not saying anything because Rebecca doesn't want spoilers. But I'm just like, I just know that it is going to be a freaking fantastic episode and i am so excited and i feel like i can 100 percent confirm that season five is my favorite season no hesitation hands down oh oh goodness i'm worried i'm like i have anxiety about the next episode <laughs> like oh no oh my god okay so for me i was gonna say season four i just i loved the music i loved the outfits i loved the story in general actually i loved the whole native american stuff intertwined into it and I love that Roger was there more. I loved um when Jamie and Brianna met. I just I love that whole thing. And even the whole like Brianna and Lord John thing. I was I was like shipping those characters. I was like wanting them to be together. Even though like I know it'd be a little weird. I understand. I understand he's in love with her dad. I get it. I understand it all and she's meant to be with Roger. But they are meant to be in another universe, okay? So anyways, um but I changed mine to season five because I've been really sitting with it the past, like, couple of days. Like, today I've been thinking about it a lot, going like, wow, like, this episode or this whole season has been really good. And I can't wait to watch it all from beginning to end when the whole season is over. Because it all builds up to something. Amen. So, like, ugh. But, like, again, there was between two fires. Let's be honest. That episode was not good. Not um, the best moment. And nope. No, it was not. Like, Richard Rankin was the best part about that episode. Um, (laughs) Thank you. We agree. But, like, and then there were things about random other episodes that I didn't really fully dig. But, like, there were some things I did like. But, again, like you said, the Ballad of Roger Macron has been really interesting. Even though Monsters and Heroes, I still have my little, like, thing of, like, but I know I'm starting to like it a whole lot more each time I think about it and it's really frustrating me that my opinion is changing so (laughs) but um I in other news it's making me very happy but yeah (laughs) I've come to the um light side because I for sure like being on the dark so it's okay but (laughs) but yes season five has grown on me a lot like I just sitting there thinking about everything that's happened it has been really good actually been a solid season so yes so let's talk about our favorite opening credits I can go first because mine happens before yours (laughs) 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 so my favorite credits I mean the original is always always has a special place in my heart but the quote-unquote jacobite theme in the back half of season two when they return to scotland with all the bagpipes and drums just gives me the chills every time i listen to it it's just so fantastic bear mccreary does an amazing job with all of these arrangements but that one is definitely my favorite bear mccreary man he really is good oh my god um my favorite music is from season four I love the opening credits, rich music stuff. Like, I just, every, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now just hearing the music in my head. I love it so much. Uh, Just makes me all happy and bubbly. So, season four opening credits is my favorite. 
And for the the big one, guys, this is like what we've been waiting <laughs> for to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite episode of Outlander, period. Which is Which, so hard. It's extremely hard. But this one's been my my go-to, the one that I have. And I don't think it's had reason to change. Like, I've had a couple of episodes in season five that came really close. Really close. Yeah. Topping it. But in my book, nothing beats Dragonfly and Amber. I mm-hmm. mean, we meet Roger and Brianna for the first time. We get to see yeah. Claire in all her glory in the 60s garb. Oh, oh my God. She looked great. We get to see all the heartbreaking, heartbreaking things that she never got to say goodbye to. Like, she never said goodbye to Jamie and, like, her dealing with her grief for the first time because through everything that she's been through in the past 20 years, she never got to deal with her grief. And so we see uh, that uh, in Amber in much the same way that we see Jamie deal with it over the first five episodes or four episodes of season three. We get to see Claire process finally. Which was really powerful for me. Her visit to Lollybrock, her visit to Culloden, all of that. And then we get these peppered moments of her remembering that final day together with her and Jamie and all of the things that they had to deal with in the midst of her current situation. Her trying to get her daughter to understand that she actually is telling her the truth. Um, And finally, like says goodbye and accepts the fact that she he's gone she he's dead she's never going to see him again she needs to move on with her life and then oh my god he's alive what he's alive what yep. <laughs> anyway and that's where you that's why i couldn't believe when you told me your story about how you came to outlander that you just got the first two seasons and i'm like oh girl <laughs> i would have died i would have died <laughs> like oh. <laughs> Because I could go right into season three and like, yes, okay, six more episodes and they're going to be back together. I can do this. Yeah, no, I could not have that wait after season two must have been horrific for people that were watching it. Oh, Um, yeah. In real time. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was hard for me for like two or three weeks. So (laughs) 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 it was hard for me for like. 30 seconds until I hit play on this. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. It just only took me a minute. It's okay. It was so bad because my, my internet was lagging and I had to wait an extra minute. <laughs> I had to log off Netflix and get back on. Like, fuckers. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Not connected to Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle's oh, real, okay? It's so annoying. Hashtag oh first God. world problems. Make it. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Tell me what your favorite episode was. Okay. Every time I sit there and try to change it, it's like I'm going against my soul. So I'm going to stick with this one. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like, you know when you get your check, that check inside, like your chest, like your heart, like uh-huh. telling you, do not, don't do that. This yep. is it. So this is what's happening right now. Okay. So my favorite episode of Outlander of all time is going to make me cry right now. So I'm going to like start crying. Okay. Is The Reckoning. I just love that whole moment of Jamie and Claire reconnecting. Like they, Mm. not reconnecting, but yeah, that is happening. Basically what's happening in that moment of them like having sex 
after a while is them choosing each other. Jamie has chosen to change how he's going to do married life with her. And she's mm-hmm. sitting there going like, oh no, like I've, I'm still married to another guy in another time period, but this man has actually won me over in a way and I don't know why. And Absolutely. so she, she feels like she shouldn't want to be with him, but she does. And there, there it is, that moment of them connecting. But also there is so much more to this episode, just Jamie learning how to be a man, learning what marriage is like. Because he knows he wants to be with Claire, but he knows this ain't going to work if I'm beating her all the time (laughs) for doing something. Obviously, he wasn't going to be like that anyways. But just he knew he needed to do something different and they connect. I mean, I I really do love that episode a lot because it's them choosing each other. They are there with each other. And I know it's before the devil's mark, but like, this is when Claire kind of goes, shit, like, I do actually want to be with this guy. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be scary for her. So there's a lot going on in that moment, just towards the end of the episode that just, uh, and I just love that it's from Jamie's point of view. Like, I wish there was more episodes like that, where it really was from his point of view, you know? I was, that's one thing that I really loved about that episode is that it was from Jamie's perspective and we got Jamie's voiceovers and that's all I'm going to say about that because I almost had a spoiler for you and I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Good job. Yay, you didn't kill it. Okay. I didn't. (laughs) I hit my quota last night on accident. It's fine. (laughs) Oh my God. You did. I was like, what the heck? Why? This happened. Oh. <laughs> it's just like okay. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the button. Get ready. <laughs> this is my internal process. Apologies. <laughs> Actually, you know, you've done pretty well from our discussions because I'll say these random things, and you're like, "Oh, nope, nope, never mind." <laughs> can't tell you if you're right so kudos to you and a couple of the other book readers that i talked to because some of you could literally just go and you don't so thanks i could so easily i tell her on a daily basis you have no idea how thin the veil of self-control is like you are testing fate okay you need to just stop (laughs) like because one of these days i'm just gonna not anymore you're like, I'm going to tell you about everything that happens <laughs> for the next 30 seconds. I'm just going to backbomb <laughs> it all over you. Oh, boy. That's going to be a sad uh, day. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of myself. You have no idea. Kudos to you. Yay. Oh, where's the clapping sound? <laughs> Yay. So we're heading into closing this out territory, but we had a random question that we wanted to ask each other. So that way, yeah, you listeners can get a little bit more insight into us that isn't Outlander related just for fun. So what's your dream destination? Like, where would you love to go on vacation? Oh, goodness. One of the places I've wanted to go since forever is Germany. I Mm. would really like to go there. But obviously, Scotland has gone on my map as well. But I would just, I would love to go to Germany everywhere, honestly. I would love to go just everywhere. I'd love to go to Italy. Just Italy's honestly. amazing. 
Yep. Yeah, I visited Rome for a week a couple of years ago, and uh, wow. we had a fantastic time. We just booked it so full. We were doing like dawn till dusk, just all kinds of stuff. It was really fun. I'd like to get to explore the rest of the country, though, because I know that there's so much more to it than Rome, but it was yeah. really cool. I would love to try like real spaghetti, real pizza, real wine, you know, like real um, Italian food. I was actually like, I had some, um, I had some really good pizza. I had pizza a couple of times and the pasta was pretty good. It just doesn't have as much flavor as you would expect it to. Like America, like in America, we put so many spices and flavorings on our food that honestly, in comparison, when you go elsewhere, it's just kind of bland tasting. Event. Every, every once in a while, you'll find something that's really good. Um, but for the most part, just other cultures don't put as much seasoning in their food as we do. Which is, I wonder why they're healthier in a way. <laughs> right? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, Maybe. It just, this whole topic reminds me of that movie, Eat, Pray, Love, with Julia Roberts. Like, I just want to eat, pray, love my way through all countries. <laughs> <laughs> I did have some amazing food in Scotland. I did not oh. try that. I did not try haggis. I couldn't, or black pudding. I couldn't make myself do it. Um, Interesting. Ugh, I couldn't. I know that's going to break I, a lot of hearts, but. Well, yeah. Like, I've heard haggis is really good, actually. I've heard it's um, good, but, like, the idea of what it is, it's like. What is it made from? It's like intestine that's, like, stuffed with stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Ew. And then black pudding is made with, like, blood and rice and, like, all kinds of crap. (laughs) And I'm just like, that physically makes me ill thinking about it. I don't think I can make myself eat it. I really don't. Anyway. Yeah. So, what was your question for me? (laughs) Oh, no. Honestly, like, I know it sounds pretty, like, lame compared to your question, but I feel like the Fast Mac Files universe needs to know this and needs to know why. It's your favorite, but I really want to know what your favorite color is and, like, when you, like, loved it, I guess. My, this is kind of a cheap answer, but my color, my favorite color changes from day to day, like, according to my Mm -hmm. mood. So, my first car was, like, this bright teal color, and I really love that color. It makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just, like, that kind of color just... It, yeah, it makes me smile. It makes me feel good. Red, I love to wear red. Like, I think red is my color as far as attire. Um, I have, like, really dark hair and pretty fair skin. So red really, like, sets off my features, I feel like. So red's my favorite color to wear. I think teal is probably my favorite color, just, like, just to have a favorite color. I love that. I agree with you. My color changes, too. Like, my favorites for each day, whatever I'm wearing. Like, and I love actually in a picture that you have on face, um, you are wearing red shoes, so it just reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. So. I love my red shoes. They're like these really cute wedges with a strap across the ankle and they're adorable. Like they make me happy when I wear them. That's the only thing you can do for yourself is put on what makes you smile. That's the best thing yep. you can do. In so these days of quarantine, we gotta wear what makes us smile because yeah, seriously. Like what? Goodness. Like even showering can make anybody feel better. I've been really appreciating showers. (laughs) A little bit of mascara, some deodorant. (laughs) It's great. This is 
this is where you and I differ because I don't wear deodorant at all. We're talking. I'm talking about showers, and you're like, um, red shoes is what makes me happy, and I'm like, cleaning. I'm <laughs> such a girly girl, honestly, such a girly girl. I love to get dressed up and put on all the makeup and like wear cute clothes, and yes, um, all of it. Nope, I am not a makeup wearer. Nope. I have a whole wall in my room dedicated to necklaces that are longer than neck length. So necklaces that go down between between your cleavage and longer. Uh I have a whole wall, like little hangers with several different necklaces on there. And then I have a necklace tree for my shorter necklaces. And I have a pair of earrings to go with almost every outfit I own. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all about the accessories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I have nothing like that in my room whatsoever. Um, (laughs) So, basically, your favorite color is rainbow. Is that correct? Rainbow! To say that? (laughs) All the colors of the rainbow. (laughs) What do you say we close this bad boy out? If we've still got any listeners left. Oh, my goodness. Which I think we do. They needed to get to this point. Um. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for everyone for listening to our very first episode called Just a Couple of Stray Sassanacs on the Sassanac Files. Alrighty, have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you next week.